encourage his interlocutor to reach his own conclusion as quickly and concisely as he could. Frost, however, was not to be hurried. Well, he said, here's the curious thing. The gold had already been smelted, and not by a company man. It had been done privately by the looks of things. Smelters? Already? said Mannering. I didn't hear about that. No, you wouldn't have, said Frost. Every piece of gold that comes over our counter has to be retorted, even if the process has been done before. It's to prevent any make-weights from slipping through, and to ensure a uniform quality. So Killarney did it all over again. He smelted Wells' colour before it was valued, and by the time anybody saw it, it had been poured into bars and stamped with the reserve seal. Nobody outside the bank could have known that it had been retorted once before, save for the man who hid it in the first place, of course. Oh, and the commission merchant, who found it in the cottage and brought it to the bank. Who was that? Cochrane? Harold Nielsen, of Nielsen & Co. Mannering frowned. Why not Cochrane? Frost paused to draw on his cigar. I don't know he said at last. What's Clinch doing, dragging another body into the affair? said Mannering. Surely he might have cleared the place himself. What's he doing dragging Harold Nielsen into the mix? I'm telling you, Clinch never dreamed there'd be anything of value in the cottage, Frost said. He was flabbergasted when the fortune turned up. Flabbergasted, was he? Yes. That your word or his? His. Flabbergasted, Mannering said again. Frost continued. Well, it worked out famously for Nielsen. He was set to take home ten percent of the value of the goods in the cottage. Lucky day for him. He walked home with four hundred pounds. Mannering still wore a sceptical expression. Well, go on, he said. Smelted. The gold had been smelted, you were saying. So I had a look at it, said Frost. We always write a short description of the ore, whether it's in flakes or what not, before it's smelted down. The practice is no different when the gold's been smelted already. We're still obliged to make a record of what the stuff looked like when it came in. For reasons of... Frost paused. He had been going to say security, but this did not exactly make sense. Prudence he finished, rather lamely. Anyway, I examined the squares before Killarney put them in the crucible, and I saw that at the bottom of each square the smelter, whoever he was, had inscribed a word. He paused. Well, what was it? said Mannering. Aurora, said Frost. Aurora? That's right. All of a sudden Mannering was looking very alert. But then... These squares, all of them, were retorted again, he said, pressed into bullion by your man at the bank. Frost nodded, and then locked up in the vault that very same day. Once the commission merchant had taken his cut and the estate taxes had been paid. So there's no evidence of that name, Mannering said. Do I have that right? That name is gone. That name has been smelted away. Gone, yes, said Frost. But I made a note of it, of course. It was officially recorded. Written down in my book, as I told you. 
Mannering set down his glass. All right, Charlie. How much to make that one page disappear? Or your whole book, for that matter. How much for a little carelessness on your part? A touch of water or a touch of fire? Frost was surprised. I don't understand, he said. Just answer the question. Could you make that one page disappear? I could, Frost said. But I wasn't the only one to notice that inscription, you know. Killarney saw it. Mayhew did, too. One of the buyers saw it. Jack Harmon, I think it was. He's off in Greymouth now. Any one of them might have mentioned it to any number of others. It was quite remarkable, of course, that inscription. Not something a man would easily forget. Damn, said Mannering. He struck the desk with his fist. Damn, damn, damn! But I don't understand, Frost said. What's this all about? What's the matter with you, Charlie? Mannering burst out suddenly. Why, it's taken you two bloody weeks to front up to me about this. What have you been doing, sitting on your fingers? What? Frost drew back. I came to see you today because I thought this information might help recover Mr. Staines, he said with dignity. Given that this money very plainly belongs to him and not to Crosby Wills. Rot! You might have done that two weeks ago, or any day since. But I only made the connection to Staines this morning. How was I to know about the Aurora? I don't keep a tally of every man's bankroll and every man's claim. I had no reason— You've got a cut, Mannering interrupted. He leveled a finger at Frost. You've got a cut of that pile. Frost flushed. That's hardly pertinent. Did you or did you not get a cut of Crosby Wells' fortune? Well, unofficially, Mannering swore. And you were just sitting tight, weren't you? He said. He sat back and, with a disgusted flick of his wrist, threw the end of his cigar into the fire. Until the widow showed up and you got backed into a corner. And now you're showing your cards and making it look like charity. Well, I'll be damned, Charlie. I'll be goddamned. Frost had a wounded look. No, he said. That's not the reason. I only put the pieces together this morning. Truly, I did. Tom Balfour came by the bank with this cock-and-bull story about Francis Carver and asked me to look up his shares profile, and I found out— What? That Carver had taken out shares against Aurora soon after Mr. Staines purchased it. I didn't know about that before this morning. What's that about Tom Balfour? And when Mr. Balfour left, I looked up the Aurora's records— and I noticed that Aurora's profits started to fall away right around the time that Carver took out his shares. And that's when I remembered about the name in the smelting and put it all together. Truly. Mannering raised his voice. What's Tom Balfour wanting with Francis Carver? He's wanting to bring him to the law, Frost said. On what account? He said that Carver lifted a fortune from another man's claim or something to that tune. But he was cagey about it, and he began with a lie. Hmm, said the magnate. I brought the matter to you directly, Frost went on, still hoping for praise. I left the bank early to come to you directly, 